You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. All right, well, let's get to today. Today, we're launching a mini-series just for this week and next week. We're calling it Hindsight 2020. It's a look back on 2020, and like Dave Ramsey has been saying for a couple months now, 2020 was a dumpster fire of a year. How many can relate to that to some extent in your life, right? It's just like, man, what in the world? 2020 was a year dominated by crisis and tragedy and division like we've never seen, and of course, disease with COVID. And it was a year where we were all forced to change. And no one really likes change, but we were forced to do things that we would rather not do. I was saying first service, I remember the day sitting in my kitchen, Pastor Bobby is videotaping me, um, where we, we acknowledge that we're doing the unthinkable. We're moving our services to online only. We thought we'd never do that. And, and certainly, we were forced to do that in that moment. And this has been a year that we have questioned so many things. But instead of just wallowing in the past, which is easy to do sometimes, this morning and next week, I want us to wrestle with what can we learn from 2020. The saying goes, hindsight is 2020. We've all heard that. And the truth is, is that we can learn from history. Theodore Roosevelt said this, the more you know about the past, the better prepared you are for the future. I love that. So if you don't look at the past, you're going to be struggling for the future. Flip that around. There's another quote that's out there, unknown author. It says, those who do not remember the past, so if you say, ah, it doesn't matter about the past, are condemned to repeat it. And I don't think any of us are interested in repeating 2020. The point is we must learn from history, even recent history. Some might say, well, is it too premature to really take a good look at 2020? I don't think it is. I want us in these next couple weeks to really dive in. What did we learn about ourselves, about our church, about the culture we live in? And truth be told, it's somewhat sobering. It's sobering. And what we want to do is we want to invite you to be a part, whether you're online or you're here. Um, we put, we've created a QR code that is linked to four questions that we want every single one of you to answer from now until this Wednesday. And the questions are simply this. What was the hardest thing that you faced in 2020? What was the most positive thing you experienced in 2020? What are the most exciting uh, things you're looking forward to in 2021? And then what is most concerning to you looking forward in 2021? We really want to hear from you. These are four questions. It should take you just a few minutes to do that. You can do it before you leave today, or we're going to be sending an email with these questions. You can give them back to us. We're going to compile these, and it's going to be used next Sunday. And so please make sure that you help us out in that. Church, are you ready for a reset in 2021? Are you ready to be vulnerable and learn something that might even be hard hard to swallow? 
Well, hindsight 2020, the first thing I want to acknowledge that as we've been talking about this for over a month, the idea, I had to be very careful that this wasn't going to be a service just to rant and rave or some sort of bitter epilogue. In fact, I've been curious saying, Lord, really, help us. What can we glean from this past year? Because when we look back, what really happened is, in our mind is that 2020 magnified our weakness. Is that true for you? 2020 exposed our deficiencies. 2020 accelerated a moral decline that was already existent. In fact, when you say, well, what happened to the church, Big C Church, um, in 2020, according to Barna Research Group, is that they talk about that there's been a gradual decline in the church attendance over the past two decades. So over the last 20 years, every year, a little less, a little less, a little less. Well, let's look at ver- um, year 2019. So two years ago. Uh, in 2019, 14% of all U.S. adults said that they never went to church. That's over a six-month period of time, in person or online, although they weren't asking that specifically. But uh, 14% of all U.S. adults never went to church. But in 2020, 53% of you, all U.S. adults said that they never went to church over a six-month period of time. And that is sobering. That's a 40% swing in one year. Barna also goes on to say in the same report that one out of five churchgoers had stopped or have stopped attending any kind of church service. One in five. Sobering and really sad. And I'll tell you the truth. Our team here at the Gateway Church has wrestled with the reality of stats like this in, in, uh, in real time. And it's hard. Not that the church is the most important thing, but church is tied to the most important thing. That's our walk with the Lord. And it has taken a toll. The truth is that 2020 has taken a physical, emotional financial, and a spiritual toll on people all over the world and right here in West Michigan and right here at the Gateway Church. It's the truth. And if we focus uh, on the spiritual, the truth is 2020 has exposed our weaknesses even spiritually. 2020 has magnified the fact that we are all sinners. Every single one of us. And our sin nature, whether it's reared its ugly head by being rude or selfish or short-tempered or angry or inconsiderate or lazy or overeating gluttony or drinking too much drunkenness, secret sins or lust or self-preserving, not being generous or self-promoting or the list could go on and on. Our sin natures were magnified in 2020 in many cases. In fact, Pastor Bobby and I, were, as we talked about that truth, he said 2020 showed us that we are not God. And, and we'll talk about that uh, as we unpack this message. The, this is huge, and we can't dismiss this. It got us thinking, what is the original sin, right? When you go back to, to all of time with humanity, Adam and Eve, what was it that got Adam and Eve? What was it? It was pride, right? And we kind of sat with that idea. It was pride, the desire to be like God, to know everything, or to be our own God. 
And what does the Bible say about pride? What does it say? Proverbs 16, verse 18 says this, pride goes before destruction. And how much destruction have we experienced over the last several months? And a haughty spirit before a fall, before destruction, before things fall apart, before things get really bad, there's always pride. I want to just encourage you, as you answer that question, uh, one of the questions was, what's the most destructive thing or the hardest thing you faced in 2020? When you think about that, was there pride at the core in your circumstances? It's certainly possible. When you look at a definition of pride, I want to just read a few things here. So, number one, it can, it's an inordinate self-esteem, thinking too much about yourself. That is certainly pride. It's also an unreasonable feeling of superiority as to one's talents, beauty, wealth, rank, and so forth. Pride also is a disdainful behavior or treatment, insolence and arrogance of demeanor, or a haughty bearing. And when you read those types of things, you're saying, yikes, right? Ego, arrogance, haughty. Those are the extremes. Those are the big things when we think about pride. But what about pride being subtle, sneaky, hard to identify? Is there pride when you complain about your circumstances or about a, a situation? I believe that there is pride at the root. When you start to compare one thing to the next, one church to the other, or one family to the next, or your kids against someone else's, there's pride at the root. Or criticizing. And certainly there's been a lot of that in 2020. Pride is always at the root. All three of these and others have been rampant in 2020. No question about it. These types of activities are rooted in pride and are like spiritual poison. See, pride is the idea of making a God unto yourself. When you become the definer of truth, saying, well, I know what's right, and I'm going to make it known, right? When you become the, the definer of truth, that's pride. When you become the decider of judgment, how you're going to judge, right? You put yourself in the place of God, that is pride. Or, from a different direction, when all your relationships are dependent on how they will benefit you, that's pride. You above others is pride. When you decide that you don't need others, or you don't need the Word of God, or you don't need to worship, that is the epitome of pride. And look, 2020, there was a lot of people that fell away or didn't stay as focused as they could. And when you decide on something over something else, uh, there's pride there. When you disagree with someone and you bash them on social media, Let's just be honest. That's pride. When you're isolated and bored or scared about your future or you've been quarantined or maybe you've suffered with COVID-19 like a lot of us have, the potential for pride is huge. I was thinking about it. Our staff, almost the, our entire staff has either been quarantined or have had COVID-19 uh, in the last several months. And for me personally, what, when I look back at that season when I had COVID-19, uh, I mean, God was faithful, but I'll tell you, 
there was a lot of inward thinking and a lot of self-consumed thoughts. And I look back at that season, and it was ugly for me. And I, I, don't, I don't speak for anyone else, but I just know that that was the case for me. And we have seen as a church, from the church perspective, that as people have stopped attending, they've stopped tuning in online, We've struggled getting volunteers to come back, getting people to serve. And we've had the debate over and over and over about masks and no masks. And we're not having that discussion ever again. <laughs> and as we have, what we've even seen our deficiencies in regards to discipleship. Like we're like, man, we're maybe not doing as good as we thought we were because of the way things hit the church. And it was like, wow. Our, our deficiencies, even from a discipleship standpoint as a church, were magnified. And these are hard truths. We've seen a lot of people seemingly not needing the church, the local church, not needing us as pastors, not needing others for accountability, or at least they forgot or didn't engage. They're like, well, well we're just okay. It just seemed like people were okay. People getting... Uh, caught up in their own preferences, which we'll talk about next week a little bit. And it's hard to say. The, the way many of us acted in 2020, including yours truly, I, I'm pointing fingers at myself, is that we really didn't need Jesus. Jesus was not a priority in too many cases. You say, well, how do you say that? Well, you know, you know that seems pretty strong. Well, this is the truth. Anytime you put anything above Jesus, what do we call that? That is an idol, right? It's an idol. And idolatry is one of the worst forms of pride. It's as if we treat Jesus as an add-on. I don't know if any of you like um, Qdoba or uh, Chipotle, but when I go to those places, they give you the option to add on guacamole. Anybody guacamole fans? Well, let me see your hands. All right, so we got a lot of guacamole fans. But guacamole, yeah, it's kind of like Jesus, right? It, like, it doesn't cost that much to add, right? That's the way some people think. In some cases, you could take it or leave it, and that's the way people were, were experiencing, or that's the way we see uh, with Jesus in this season. At Jimmy John's, I like to add cucumbers to my sandwich, right? It's a free uh, add-on. It's a no-brainer, but really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make or break my sandwich, and some people have treated Jesus like, ah, I'll take it or leave it. It doesn't really affect my life, and it, if we take a hard look, what we've seen in the behavior of our own lives, behavior, the behavior of our family, of our staff here, church members and attenders, we've, the way we kind of boiled it down is that we've been living our lives like this. It's blank and Jesus. Let me try to explain what this means. Blank and Jesus. So yes, we care about our family, and we're going to protect our family. We're going to you know, be encouraged about our family, and we're going to have Jesus on the side. Or it's our work. Our work is important, and we're going to pour ourselves into our work, and it's our work and Jesus on the side. Or our friends. we got friends, and we're going to invest in our friends. We're going to spend time. We're even going to break some rules, so we're going to be with our friends, right? And we've done that at our house, you know, 
I probably shouldn't say that, but anyway. But it's, it's our friends and Jesus, right? Or our school and Jesus. Or our hobby. What's your favorite thing? You've you know, maybe picked up a new hobby. I don't know. Or your finances and Jesus as a side add-on. Even your church experience and Jesus. Jesus as an add-on. And in hindsight 2020, what have we noticed is that Jesus, in too many cases, was not our first priority. And that's hard to say. And I believe at the core of the why behind that is pride. When we lack time spending time with Jesus, we become more selfish. That is the truth. When we don't spend time with the Lord, we don't have our time with Jesus, we become rude and ugly, and we saw a lot of that in 2020. When we isolate ourselves, how many know isolation breeds bad behavior? That's why we're saying, man, we, want, we need to be together, and we need for kids' ministry to be open because it's more important to be together. But when you're isolated... There is sin that is creeping, doing push-ups in the corner, whether it's seen through inappropriate entertainment or our own selfish indulgence, shopping online, um, quick pay, right? Or maybe you've ate more than you've ever ate. Or they, they say the, the COVID-19, right? 19 pounds, right? We've added, right? Or maybe you, uh, you, know, you struggle with drinking and all of a sudden it's, it's worse than ever. Or maybe on the flip side, it's laziness. You name it, 2020 has magnified it. Our sin nature has been magnified. And pride is right at the forefront. And it's so ugly because it lacks the empathy for others who do not agree with you. Church, can I be so bold to encourage us to look inside? See, pride, you do, you do not think others before yourself, including God. Pride can be deceptive. A proud person takes... Uh, the most beneficial or most profitable way for himself and does not think about things from God's point of view. And none of us want to live a prideful life. None of us want to do that, but it's so sneaky. Let's look at the Word. What does God's Word say? What does God's Word encourage us in regards to being prideful versus being humble? We'll see. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says this. It says, do nothing out of contentiousness or out of egotism, but with humility. Everybody say humility. With humility, consider others superior to you as you look out not only for your own interests, but also for the interests of others. I love that verse. Look what it says there. It says, you're looking out. It's okay to look out for your own interests. Yes, we need to do that, but also the interest of others. We do it both with a humble heart. Because prideful and haughty people put themselves in opposition to God. Look what it says in 1 Peter 5.5. 5. It says, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. Why? Because God opposes the haughty ones, the prideful. And he gives undeserved kindness, I love that, to the humble ones. Are you ready to make a hard reset in 2021? Part of the solution, I believe, is staying humble. 
I believe, and I'll just say this prophetically, I believe that 2021 we will lead, be led into a post-pandemic world. And uh, I, I think there's enough in motion that we will get beyond COVID-19 in 2020. Now, there may be lasting results, uh, certainly, but um, I don't think we'll be facing what we're facing today uh, in another you know, six to eight months. But listen, the world in this day and age needs a healthy vibrant church. And what that means is a church that is humble. A church that doesn't have all the answers necessarily, that's willing to say, I don't know. But in these uncertain times, we can partner together. We can bring clarity to why we exist and how you, how each and every one of you fit. But how will we be effective? How will we be fruitful in 2021? I believe the key is humility. Humble us. I want to be a spiritual entrepreneur. I want to look at this, uh, this time and say, Lord, you know, give us fresh ideas. I want to be sold out and radical for Jesus. I want to be total surrendered. But I, we've got to do those things with humility. With humility. I've heard people say, and I've said this too, that we're in the end times. No, no question about it. I believe we are. And I also believe that the church is under attack to a certain degree. No, no question. Satan prowls around like a lion seeking who he can devour, and he hates the church. No doubt about it. But I've heard in this last season, over the last several months, that uh, you know, if this or that happens, that the church is going to be closed, and, and uh, it's, it's going to be tragic for the church. And I just want to say publicly, I don't buy it. I want to stand with Craig Crochelle, a pastor that uh, pastors a, a large church down south. He said recently, we should be betting on the church, and then we back it up with faith. You bet on the church, and then back it up with faith. I'm going to ask the worship team to come to join me as we uh, come bring this to a close. We bet on the church. We back it up with faith. I love what Matthew 16 says, where Jesus is encouraging Peter, who after a huge failure in his life, he comes and says that, look, Jesus is going to build the church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We can take verses like that to the bank. The church is advancing. The church will advance. You can bet on the church. Big C. And I hope you can bet on the church, little C, the gateway church as well. As we were praying about this couple weeks of looking back and then looking forward, the Lord really put a, a picture in my mind. And the picture was that the Lord was hovering over West Michigan. And he was looking for individuals. He was looking for families. The Lord was looking for a church to use in this season. And it, there was a sense that God was looking for people to use in our current circumstances. And my prayer, as I kind of sat with that image in my mind, was, Lord, would you stop and choose me? Would he choose you? Would he choose us as the Gateway Church? 
That was my prayer. Lord, use us. Because the truth is, what will impact the unchurched? What will impact the dechurched? What will impact an unchurched person in your life? Someone that's far away from God. What is going to make the difference? It's going to be humility, not being full of ourselves. The church will advance, but we have to be careful. Because unfortunately, many non-Christians look at Christians as selfish and racist and homophobic and narrow and judgmental and out of touch. And after this last week, sometimes they look at us as just plain crazy. And in hindsight, what do we need moving forward? We need a little humility. We need to be careful. We look forward with humility. This week as I was preparing, literally I was, I was studying this and just you know, uh, meditating over some verses and some ideas. And uh, someone from the church uh, sent me a text with a, uh, a video attached. And it was, it was Dwayne Keith. He was here first service. I gave him a shout out. Um, and he was talking about Joseph's family, or Joseph in the Bible, that after of all the things that Joseph faced, all the hardship, all the things, in Genesis chapter 50, Joseph, his brothers had come back and they had been reunited, and his brothers thought that they were in big trouble because, uh, because Joseph uh, was in charge and they thought for sure he was going to kill them. And what Joseph said, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. As I looked at that verse, I was like, wow. Let's insert ourselves into that verse. What the enemy has intended for harm, and you know that the enemy was hard at work in 2020, and he's still hard at work. But what was intended for harm God intended it for good to accomplish to accomplish what is happening now, what is being done right now. And what is being done right now, it says, the saving of many lives. Church, that's why we exist. You can bet on the church that the church is going to move forward with God's help. And we want to be a part of that. But it's going to happen with humility with hearts that say, Lord, when you're roaming West Michigan, when you're roaming my city or my workplace, or when you're roaming my school, Lord, choose me. I want to be used in this season for your glory, for your honor. There's a song that's been on my heart as we turned into 2021 that really caught my attention. The song is called Ready or Not. It's a Hillsong United song. And that when I mentioned it to Pastor Bobby, he's like, oh yeah, that's been my favorite song of 2020. I'm like, what? I'm like, you never told me that. And, uh, and then later, like a few days later, uh, there's, a, there's actually this week a group of pastors meeting on Tuesday, uh, and they're calling it Ready or Not based on this song that the idea, well, Instead of me explaining the song and how it fits, Pastor Bobby, it was your favorite song. And I've asked Pastor Bobby to set up this song in regards to this message, saying, God, choose me. I'm ready.
He's ready. I love the power of a song that you can just hang on to the words, and there's a lot of words in that one. You need to find that on Spotify or Pandora or however you listen to music and put that on repeat this week because God is on the move. I believe that the Lord is looking for individuals. He's looking for families. He's looking for a church that in this season faithful, that he could rely on, that he could use in the face of a worldwide pandemic that I believe that we will get through, amen, but he wants to use us. And if you have any doubts, he's ready. He's ready to use us. And it starts with us giving our heart to the Lord. And if you're here this morning or if you're still online, tune in with us. And you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior. Or maybe you're honest and you're saying, man, this last year just kicked my butt. And uh, I feel more distant from God than I ever have. Today is your day to come back to the Lord. To get your life right with Him. I'm going to pray a quick prayer of salvation. It's not the words of this prayer that will save anybody. It's your heart. And this prayer can be your prayer. Let's just bow our hearts and pray together. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. Jesus, come into my heart. Take away my sin. I surrender to you, Jesus. Lord, help me in this season to know you more. I'm sorry for the things I've done wrong. But Lord, today I put my faith in you. My whole hope in you. Take my sin as far as the east is from the west. Forgive me, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. See, earlier I talked about Jesus as a side add-on, blank, and Jesus. The reverse of that is a real challenge for all of us to put Jesus first in everything. I mean, that's a radical thought. Jesus in my finances. Jesus with my friends. Jesus with my church experience. Jesus with my family or with my work. It's Jesus first. And my challenge is that the Lord, he's going to be with us. And let's keep him first this week. Bet on the church. The Lord is moving. He's moving here. And he's going to go with us. Lord, I pray as we leave now that you'd go before us, behind us, and all around us. Keep our head held high. And Lord, we want to partner with you for what you're doing in this area. And in, in not only in the lakeshore and the state of Michigan, but to the ends of the earth. God, we want to be a part. Lord, choose us. Choose me. Choose me, Lord. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. We love you. Uh, we're going to dismiss from the back to the front just uh, for good uh, uh, standards here. Uh, go ahead and mask up as you wait. And God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. 
If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.